Hey friend, there's a little bit of swearing in today's episode, so if you have people around that you don't want to have hear that, you may want to come back and listen to this one later, but definitely do it because it's a really awesome conversation. Okay, we're going to do something a little bit different on today's podcast, and it's going to be so much fun. Today, you are going to hear a conversation between me and my friend Megan, who is a head of operations and helps people find the right people to build their teams. And it's really, truly more conversation than interview, and it goes all over the place and is packed with value. I know you're going to love it, especially her 5A framework, which I'm absolutely going to adopt in some of the things I do. So can't wait for you to hear it. Let's dive right in. Welcome to the Bright Entrepreneur Podcast with Jamie Swanson, the podcast for smart, transformation-driven entrepreneurs who believe that we are brighter together and can make our greatest impact on the world by building a movement of crazy loyal customers around our business instead of trying to do it all alone. We'll talk about how to grow your business with intention, simplicity, and by focusing on creating a brighter future for both your customers and the world. So let's make it brighter. Hey friends, today I am here with the lovely Megan Keithen. And Megan, I'm so excited to have you here as my first conversation guest, which is going to be really fun. So this is a totally new format for the podcast. I've only ever done interviews or lots and lots of solo episodes. And I just, I'm so excited to actually start having conversations with other entrepreneurs who know what it takes to go from that six to seven figure type of business and the mindset shifts and things that need to happen. So we are going to, I'm going to start out and let you introduce yourself. So people kind of know who you are a little bit, and then we're just going to dive into talking about some of the things that you are so good at, and I'll save that for then. So Megan, would you take a moment and share with everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, perfect. So uh, as you said, my name is Megan Keithen. I am, I think, affectionately known as the queen of ops, uh, which is how I got my business name. And we do operations consulting and done for you hiring for six, seven, and eight figure businesses in the online space. But this is sort of a, I've taken like the weirdest, I guess, route in life in my career. And uh, (laughs) Jamie, the the funnest thing about this, as you and I have already (laughs) talked about, is that uh, I actually know you, Jamie, because way back in 2013, I was, uh, I signed up for your course and, uh, and I was a photographer. And so I have been aware of you and following you since way back in the day. I know. (laughs) Yes. And so, uh, I come from the world of hiring, training, culture, and leadership kind of organizational development, but my first business for myself was actually a photography business. And I knew that I wanted to scale it, but I didn't know how. Um, I knew that I was working too hard to make basically like what I made in my recruiting world. And so that was when I stopped focusing on art and I started focusing on business and operations and understanding how to leverage uh, business and leverage different assets that we had. And that's what kind of it's been a really weird winding journey that has brought me here. So yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. And it, it's like, it's it's just this like beautiful space of delight for me because one, you have been in my world for a long time, which means you, you kind of know my journey, which has been crazy. But two, you've also been on your own journey in the same way. 
And I think so often we think we have to have it all figured out from the very beginning. And it doesn't have, like, you can, you can plot twist at any time. And it's so fun. We've both done plot twists, actually probably a few, yes. at least on my side. Yes. And uh, I love that. So um, I would love to talk a little bit more about, uh, since you do work with so many entrepreneurs and you do help them with the hiring and the operation sides of things, um, why is that so important? And how can somebody, like, I know there's so many people listening to this who are stuck in the messy middle. And I would just love to like, like they, they want a team, they don't know where to hire. Like, can you, can you just share your little bit of knowledge? Well, not a little bit, you have a lot, <laughs> but a little bit of knowledge from your perspective on how do people start making that shift and where can they kind of go? Cause I know I did it all wrong and like blew a ton of money and said, screw it, I'm doing it alone. And that didn't last long, thankfully, but anyways, yes, I'll pass it over to you. I think so. I mean, what you said earlier is like just uh this like changing direction and and kind of like that constant shift um for me that's actually been the key is never being so stuck in this way is the only way um or even this way worked for so and so so I must make it work for me and I think both of us coming from the photography world we've actually seen that quite a lot mm-hmm. is uh, people switch tactics all the time because they they see, oh, well, this person was able to build a successful business this way. And so I'm going to do that. And then two months in, it didn't work. And so now they're disheartened and they try something else that's working for someone else, but it's still not working for them. Yeah, well, um, can, I, can I just say it happens in the entrepreneur space too? Like, oh, hey, I'm going to go do this course. And then they do this mm-hmm. marketing thing for like a month or two, and then somebody else has a launch and they hear the hype and they're like, oh my God, maybe I really just need this. And they have this like FOMO marketing where they're like, oh, maybe Mm -hmm. this, or maybe it's this. And they never go deep with any of them. So, right. And they never commit long enough to something. So like, for instance, uh, I had a client recently who ran a five-day challenge and it didn't go like they had hoped. And so then they just wanted to hop into the next thing. And I was like, no, come on. Like, what did we learn from this so that we can go make the next one? Like, let's, instead of trying something else totally new, mm-hmm. let's stick to this thing and say, man, what are the three biggest things that we could do to make the next five-day challenge a lot better? It's, it's uh, the, I think the problem is that we get attached to a tactic instead of trying to understand principles and strategies. Um, and principles and strategies are long lasting. They're sort of that proverbial, uh, teaching a man to fish instead of the more tactical, give a man a fish kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you see, um, hiring a team and operations playing into this and like, do they need to have their strategies all figured out first before Mm -hmm. they hire a team or can you speak to that a little bit? I think that the only thing that you need before you hire your first team member is um, you need to know your purpose and your values. And, uh, and I think that personally, I've seen strategy kind of develops along the way. If you know where you're going and you can hire one person to, to help you get there, it doesn't matter if you have a ton of strategy right up front, mm-hmm. you just have to, I think you start to leverage that person and their ability to help you strategize. For me, it's always been, if I hire the right person, 
it pulls me out of the weeds so that I can start to find the strategy. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I'm actually literally this week writing out a job description for a VA and I've had an assistant several times before. It's been a while since I've had one and I'm like, Oh, I can't use the same job description. I can't really use the same stuff because what I need today Hmm. is so much different than what I needed a year ago when I had somebody else and like the tasks are different and the focus is a little different. And, and so it's like, Oh, I've got to write this thing from scratch, which is fine because, you know, but it's like, Oh, and like, as I'm going through my days, I'm like, Oh gosh, I do not want to be doing this anymore. Okay. This one's going on the list or, Oh, this would be great to do. I should really push this on the list too. And I've been kind of compiling this list and I'm like, Oh, I can see clearly what it is that I want them to do. And, and, you know, who I want them to, and when you, like, I love that you talked about values, because I know that my best team members have been the ones who are so excited about the mission and what the Mm -hmm. business is accomplishing. And they might not be entrepreneurial on their own, or maybe they are, it doesn't really matter, but they're excited. They actually, they're excited that they actually get to make a difference in the world through what Mm -hmm. I'm doing. And that gets me all, you know, giddy and excited, but then they work harder too. They're like, Hey, how else can I help? And what else can I do? Or let me do that. Mm -hmm. I can, I can do that. So, um, so what's, what's some of the mistakes you see people making when they go to like hire their first team members or get somebody on board? What do you see happening there? Um, two really big things come to mind. Uh, the first, uh, I actually, I learned from a mentor and I actually posted about this the other day and got, uh, lots of, lots of people chuckling about it. (laughs) A mentor of mine told me you would not go buy a dog and keep barking at your own front door. Don't hire and keep doing the job that you hired someone else to do. Uh Uh-huh. And that has to be the number one thing that I see people doing, especially in their first couple hires, is that they are still unwilling to let go of it being done the perfect way. Not Mm. that they themselves are going to do it perfectly. And I think more importantly, they're not even going to do it in the time. If, If they could do it in the time that they needed to, they would already be doing it in that time. They hired someone, they say they want the help but they still want it done in the way that they've always done it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that is a really big one. And I think the second maybe most common that I see is not understanding the true mission of this person. Mm-hmm. What is this person? How, how do they fit into the organization and what the organization is doing? And if they haven't ironed that out for themselves, how is their team member supposed to know And without that, I find that a a lot of times team members are, they get really lost. Yeah. They don't know what success looks like. And so how can they succeed for you? So how, um, where'd my question go? I had a good question. (laughs) It disappeared there. Um, you know, when you were saying, uh, the first part where they, you don't really, you, oh, why do you think it is that we as entrepreneurs tend to hold like hire somebody, but then not let go. Like what is it in us that you think causes that? So my theory on this is Mm -hmm. that, and I would be really interested to hear your thoughts on this too. Um, My theory is that we are a group of people who are very high responsibility, high ownership, and 
we're more willing to be responsible for our own mistakes and our own shortcomings. That's something that we face all the time. Um, then we are to deal with imperfection in other people. We're not as used to that. And so we're used to falling short of our own high standards, but we're not as willing to accept other people falling short of our standards. Interesting. Yeah. And see, I, I see it as fear, like, like perfection is just like fear of judgment. And so like, if it's not perfect, it won't work. And like not trusting that the process, because we, and I, I really think a lot of times we hold on to control out of fear, but also kind of out of ego. I know for me, it feels good to check something easy off the checklist because mm-hmm. I can, I mean, photographers, let's use them as an example. Cause we both know the industry. It's way more fun to like, like figure out the perfect editing preset and think that that's going to grow your business than to actually go out and look for clients and do the shit that you need to do knowing that like this is what's going to get you real clients like it's got to be you know this the the warmth the you know the warmth is off by you know 50 little points or you know some I'm getting geeky here but uh, so I think a lot of it has to do with that fear number one of if it's not perfect, it's not going to work. And what are pe- it's going to reflect poorly on me. But then two, also like, if we free up our time, if we like, if we give all these things that other people can do to others to do them, then we're kind of on the hook to do what we actually need to do to move our business forward. And we don't have all these little excuses, but that's just me. Like, I know that that's, that's in me and that's how I operate. So no, that, that resonates deeply. I, I think that for me, because I've been hiring and uh, learning to uh, put responsibility on others for a long time, I might see, I might not suffer with suffer from that in the exact same way, but I do really see, I, uh, I have been talking with friends and coaches the last couple of weeks because the last couple of weeks have been kind of a shit storm. Am I allowed to swear? Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll put a little E uh, on the episode. Yeah. I'll give moms uh, a little disclaimer before we start. I did. So I won't get, cool. I won't get too crazy. Whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, I, the last couple of weeks have been a bit of a shitstorm for me and, uh, in, in the business. And I like my like greatest pride has been, I've been smashing through ceilings. I I'm not stopping to go, Oh no, I'm supposed to be smaller. Oh no. I'm supposed to, I'm, I'm supposed to do one thing or another that somebody else told me. And, and so I'm experiencing, I'm in a real season of growth and that's been super fun, but my tendency, my nature is to, uh, to stay small and to stay in the details that are not really my zone of genius. That's not really where I'm not, I'm not called to be tiny. I'm called to be huge because the vision that I have, my, my part of doing what I'm supposed to do in the world, it requires me to be as big as I possibly can be. And and I'm going to go do great things, but I can only do it if my people are all given the opportunity to thrive if they're able to grow as big as they can get. Uh huh. So what is your big dream? What is your big vision? How do you want to change the world? So, um, so I have a personal one and I have a professional one. Oh, I hear so, both. I'm nosy. Yeah, so they're, well, they kind of, I, I see how they're linked. So I'll share, yeah, I'll it. share the, the professional one first. So, um, we place people on remote 
teams. We place remote workers in internet businesses and, um, and before, before crazy 2020 happened, I knew that the world was going remote and I knew that this was something that um, there, some predictions have said that 80% of the world by 2030 will be working remotely. There's all kinds of numbers out there. Um, but we all know, generally speaking, it's getting more and more remote. And what I see the biggest gap is as culture, like culture is a harder thing to build remotely because everybody wants to be face-to-face. They want to just be able to poke their head over, over into your cube and have a quick conversation with you. And that doesn't happen in if, unless you guys are all hanging out in a Zoom room all day. So, um, so my big vision is to build uh, culturally rich teams that work remotely together and make the world better. Um, and so that's what we're doing. And, and I know that we're not the only ones doing it. And I'm so glad because it's not something that I would want to do alone. Um, but it is something that we're really passionate about. And uh, I'm lucky that I have a fully remote team. They're all over the world. And I just think that's the coolest, funnest thing ever. Um, and it plays into my bigger vision, which is um, in by the end of my life, and I've decided I'm living to be 105. I've got about 70 years left nice. to do this. And, um, and I want to see the end of sex trafficking and sex slavery in my lifetime. And the way that I personally am working toward doing that is creating financial and economic freedom for women, because in communities where women have more financial and economic leverage, um, sex trafficking and sex slavery isn't happening because like the women are protecting the communities. So that's what I'm doing. And I, I see the two as really interwoven. No, I know you're providing opportunities that, oh, ah, I'm even more (laughs) excited about this conversation now. I love hearing people's whys. It's so good. Um, yeah. So, so tell me more, because you, you shared your vision, you were talking about how it's been crazy. Is it because of all the growth that it's been a little shit storm? Or what do you mean by that in your business? And as an operations person, like, how are you handling all of this? Yeah, so that's such a good question. Um, the biggest trap that I fall into, actually, sorry, your first question is like, what has been creating the shit storm? Um, part of it was growth. Uh, we almost doubled our number of clients in about a week and a half. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) Well done. Yay. But also so terrifying. So I broke everything. Um, (laughs) I mean, and and I'll get to to why as an operations person, I actually love everything about that. Um, so we onboarded a ton of clients. Um, we had a really unhappy client Mm. who, um, we, just in hiring, there are some very specific legal things we have to be careful of. And this client was um, kind of like violating some, you know, Hmm. federal type things that are pretty important. And so dealing with that um, and like, you know, getting legal teams involved, that felt like something that, you know, six months ago, Megan would have been not super excited about. Um, but today Megan was like, all right, bring it, let's go. Mm-hmm. I can do this and double my clients and also, you know, onboard team members and have no big deal, you know, crazy things happening. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm not sleeping. It's really, it's great. 
um so yeah just it was more little things um us realizing oh no this zap broke and we didn't realize for three days because there was so much other chaos and you know just the kind of things that happen in business um and and as an ops person I actually love and I'm more of an operations strategist can you explain that I'm sure there are people who don't understand yeah, I don't half the time. Um, so, <laughs> I just want to know specifically what you mean when you say it, because I know what operations are, but yeah, anyways. Continue. Yeah. Okay. So I usually define operations as the place where people, processes, and systems meet. Um, operations is kind of the all-encompassing. It's it's literally every piece of a business. It's not, oh, just client success or just where client success and sales meet is literally every aspect of the business and being able to understand the relationship between all of those things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so uh, a lot of times in operations where we're building out people, processes, and systems, that's, that's what we functionally do. Um, my role as a strategist, I, I, I'm a total Sherlock Holmes geek. So maybe I did this because I want to liken myself to to Sherlock Holmes. Um, But I really do think of myself as the Sherlock Holmes of operations or of business where you put me in a room with all your problems and I'm going to be able to figure out exactly what's wrong, exactly what's going on. Um, You know, this problem in client success, we pull that string and figure out that it's connected to this thing in sales. And when we pull that string some more, I go, oh, well, how long ago did you hire this new marketing agency? And people are like, their minds explode. How did you know we hired a new marketing agency? And I say, well, because you've had, you have this problem in client success. And to me, it's just so obvious. Um, and so that as a strategist, I find the, the root cause of problems. And then I devise a plan to fix it, but I'm not really the person that you want to actually go in and fix it. That is definitely <laughs> work for somebody else. That's where you build the team so that they can do that part. So, okay. So exactly. how are you using operations to kind of help you get out of this crazy time that you're going through right now? Yeah. So, um, initially I was trying to solve it all by hiring more people who will report into me. And then I realized, well, that's crazy because I already have a completely booked calendar and I don't know. And I, I make a commitment to meet every week with every person who reports into me and for them to have total open door access to me. And so adding three new people onto my calendar, that's not going to work. Um, so what I did, the, the big aha moment that I had was I cannot focus on marketing and sales and also client success at the same time. Uh, those are almost counter productive things or counter, they, they require different parts of your brain and different parts totally. of you. Mm-hmm. And Uh, And so in order for me to stay fully in sales and marketing, which is much more my zone of genius, I need to hand off client success to someone else. So I brought in a consultant who is, as we speak, literally designing all kinds of great operational systems for client success. And that, I mean, I know I'm the team person, so of course I'm going to talk about the power of team, but 
I, I can't help myself uh, just this week having him in my business and knowing that he's reading all of our Slack messages and that he, he knows exactly what's going on. He's in our Google Drive. He's in our ClickUp. He's in everything. He really sees and understands the big picture has freed me up to go just be more what I need to be. And I think that's like, that's the power of team. And that's also the power of, of the people side of operations. So, yeah. Have you ever read the book, um, multipliers by Liz Wiseman? No, but no. Oh my gosh. Anybody who ever manages another person should read it because it's so good. It's all about, it's, it's written for corporate people, but one, it has a strong culture. You'll appreciate that. She's super good about creating like terms and all this cultural stuff but two or maybe branding is a better term for it I kind of mix the two sometimes but two it's like it was it's what I do more intuitively now it's really written for people who care about getting the most out of their teams and then empowering the Mm -hmm. people they're working with um, with and it shows like all the things we do um well-meaning like we intend to do like it's it's supposed to be motivating or we think we're doing we're doing what we should to help them feel happy in their jobs and empowered and all this stuff but it shows kind of where we accidentally are not where it's actually Mm. drawing away from their strengths and not empowering them it's disempowering them it's so freaking good anybody who runs a team should read it I got Mm. that from um my friend Richard Ralston mentioned it to me he's really phenomenal with people too so um it's so good I was that's okay. So I am curious. I want to, I kind of want to like tie back to something you were saying, especially since you got onto this team stuff and we're talking about how you're, yeah, sorry. no, don't be, this is a conversation. <laughs> and there's like, and you can ask, you know, we, we've talked about this, this is back and forth. It's super fun. Yeah. Uh, and it's all over the place because we can, and that's just great funness. But, um, so you talked a lot about building that culture remotely and I get super geeky about building culture mm-hmm. and building connectedness and really making people feel like they are part of a team and not Mm -hmm. just a single entity doing a list of tasks that, you know, don't actually tie to who they are as their heart. You're like, there's no meaning behind it. So how do you like, like, tell me more about some of the things that Mm -hmm. you do to really help build culture. Yeah. um, So we start with a foundation of safety and belonging. Um, Without that, I don't think we have anything. Um, And it's funny because I, back when I was coaching photographers, one of the things that I would teach them was how to use a Facebook group to create clients for themselves. Um, And I would teach them these, these basics of how to make your group more worthwhile. Um, And the funny thing about it is that I, the, what you are teaching for growing a Facebook group to, to turn into clients or uh, building a team, it's the same thing because as humans, one of our core needs is to belong. Uh, it's why we have formed tribes and groups literally since the very beginning of time. And so if we can say from day one, hey, you belong here and you're safe here, then uh, people are going to flourish So that's kind of like number one is just to create that. And we'll all do that in a different way. I do that in a very one-to-one intentional kind of sense. I don't have like really good examples, except for I can, I can tell you about this 5A framework that I have that I I mentioned. Everyone is on my calendar every single week. Mm -hmm. Um, We have this super cool 5A framework. You can share anything Um, you want to share or not. I leave it completely up to you, but I'm sure everyone's going to want to know what it is now. (laughs) 
Well, it's, it's probably my favorite thing. Um, and I, sometimes I share this with people just in passing at conferences or whatever. And then like randomly, like their teammates, their team members are like, will message me. And they'll be like, you changed my life. And Aww. I'm like, I changed your life. I don't know you. And they're like, well, I work for so-and-so and and we started doing this thing because of you and it's changed our working relationship. I was going to quit or we just were having constant friction. So the, without okay, further ado, tell me now. Framework. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bring it. So we have a 5A meeting every single week and it goes like this. Um, it's two-sided. So a number one, and I loosely adapted this from a marriage counselor. So nice. uh, I wish I knew his name. I would totally give him credit. So this is like only partially me. Um, <laughs> a number one is affection, which is, I just like you so much. It's about who the person is. I like you so much. I just love getting to, I love having slot conversations with you. I love that you share with me your random love for uh, scuba diving. I love that you, you know, whatever. Um, the second, and, and so we'll do a back and forth. So I say, I have this affection for you. And then they'll say back to me, I have this affection for you. The second one is affirmation. And this is something specific since a week ago, our last 5A meeting. Hey, Jamie, this week, when you jumped into Slack and you answered that client's question before I could even get to it, because you knew I was on a couple hours of calls it just, it gave me so much confidence in our team's ability to serve our clients at the next level. And I want to affirm that very specific thing that you did. And so sometimes it'll be more than one thing, but I, I try to take notes throughout the week on what those things are for each, each team member who reports into me. The third A is where people get really uncomfortable because in our culture, we are not used to asking this question. Jamie, is there anything that I've done this week that I need to apologize for? Ooh, People get really that one uncomfortable is really there. Good. Oh my gosh. Um, the magic of the 5A framework is actually this question, because I think that we all say wonderful things to our teams. I think we all are pretty good at affirming. I think we're all pretty good at being like, man, I just love that you're on my team. But if I let weeks and weeks and weeks of stacked frustrations build up, uh, it creates the opportunity for massive friction and frustration. Mm -hmm. And I think we've all been in relationships that have failed because we just didn't know how to have that conversation. And so this eliminates the thinking of when is the right time to have that mm. conversation. It makes it happen every single week. And like, honestly, with my team, because we have this conversation so often, it doesn't even get to Friday. So a couple of weeks ago, actually, I think this was last week. Um, I, I literally for the first time ever, like ever, ever in my life, not at this one person, I, I raised my voice at one of my team members. And like, I cannot tell you how devastated I was, like that I, that I did that. She didn't deserve it. And we were having a really tense moment. Um, but as soon as it was over, I said, I am so sorry. I can't believe I raised my voice at you. It, I am absolutely grieved that I did that. And, and we're used to just being able to like in the moment say, Hey, you know, that, that was really upsetting to me for this reason, because we have the conversation every week. So it's just not hard anymore. 
Yeah. Well, and just the safety and the trust and the humility that you have to have in order, excuse me, in order to ask that question and then receive it well. It's beautiful. Oh, that's exciting. Okay. I have to hear four. I I could talk about this one all day, but I want to hear more. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Okay. So number four is action, which is what are you doing this next week? So my head of recruiting might say, oh, I'm working with Ray, our, our ops guy. I'm going to work with Ray and we're building out a new functionality in ClickUp so that we have better visibility into how much time is being spent on each job or something like that. Um, I'm not looking for like nitty gritty to-do list type things. I'm looking for a big picture. How are you moving the business forward? This helps them to take ownership of their job and their big part in the vision. It makes them feel important. And it's something that, again, I can affirm that, oh, wow, that sounds great, man. I, I wish we had had that three months ago. How exciting is this going to be? And then that leads us to number five, which is ask and ask is how can I help you with that? Or what do you need from me in that? Um, which again is a mitigator of future conflict because I've asked them, what do you need from me in order to do this? And, and the reverse, when they're asking me, what do you need from me next week? It really helps us to, um, like, I can articulate, you know, I really need you to sit in on this meeting with me. Can you make sure that you have room on your calendar for that? Mm. Well, and it keeps them from being a victim or playing the victim card if they don't get something done. Exactly. They can't be like, well, you never did this part. It's like, well, you never communicated. Oh, I love it. Ah, this is so yeah. good. So, so good, Megan. I love it. Um, all right. So um, this is, so you, you talk a lot about this for helping people feel like they belong and build the culture. Mm-hmm. Is this kind of the main culture mover or are there other things that you do to connect them with each other or? Yeah. So we have a, so I think that that, that solidifies the safety and belonging when the first time that they have to tell me, yes, you do need to apologize for something and there's no repercussion. Yeah. uh, And, and that I do in fact apologize is a huge moment for them in them feeling not just safe, not just like they belong, but now like they can extend that to other people on the team. And they feel seen and heard, which is like what everybody wants to feel. They want to be seen for who they are and respected and so good. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I get get all geeky and excited about this stuff. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So that starts to translate into their personal relationships with each other. Um, We have a wins and shout outs channel, which obviously is for client wins, but it's also for just little things that we see each other doing. I like the term flat organization, which for people who are listening and don't know what that means, uh, it essentially means that there's not a hierarchy where I'm at the top and I lay down the law um, in my business. If I don't show up and do my job, it affects all the people on my team. And if one person on my team doesn't show up and do their job, it affects every member of the team. And it means that none of us are moving closer to our personal goals. And it means none of us are moving the purpose forward. And until so we are all accountable to each other, everyone can go to anyone else on the team at any point and say, Hey, it seems like you're really struggling with this. Is there a way that I can help? Mm-hmm. So that's huge. And we see that happening all the time. Um, and again, that's just happening because they feel like they belong. They feel a sense of ownership over what we're doing. Um, 
And so, so yeah, the, the wins and shout outs in Slack is a really big kind of like tactical way to see culture move forward. Um, and then we also have, this is kind of a weird one. And again, comes from a, like a total visibility standpoint, which is we have a reporting channel. And at the end of every day, we all fill out this end of day report and we rate ourselves and we coach ourselves and we talk about this is what I did well and this is what I didn't do well. This is what I am tolerating. This is one of my favorite questions. What am I tolerating that is not moving me closer to my vision and goals? And, and so because we're posting that in a channel for everyone to see, wow. we're all able to see each other's goals. Yeah. That's huge. And, uh, and so like, it's so fun to see them all helping each other out and like, oh yeah, I, I experienced that before. And like, let me know if you want to hop on a call to talk through that. Um, I, I think that all of my people would just like go to the end of the earth for each other. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's happening through personal relationship and it's happening just in, you know, little pockets of time as they're saying, oh, I, I heard you, I was on the team meeting and I heard you say to so-and-so that you had this problem, I have an idea about that. And so there are boundaries that it's not like the ops guy has to stay in ops. It's not like my head of recruiting isn't going to touch marketing. In fact, uh, she's been taking marketing courses and hopping into Facebook groups and trying to uh, get a, a more thorough understanding of the industry. But in the meantime, she's like, Hey, can I build out a course? Would that be a conflict of interest? <laughs> and my ops guy is like, can I help her? <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's great. So, all so, right. Um, yeah. I love this. I love this. I love this. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I know a lot of the people listening to this, may just be hiring their first person or two. And like, you've got this huge system, you've got a team that's already functioning. You're in a totally different mindset space than a lot of the people who are stuck in the messy middle, still doing a lot of it themselves. So Mm -hmm. what would you say to somebody who may be listening to this say, well, yeah, one day that'll be amazing. But like right now, I just need my first hire or my second hire, or, you know, like, how do I get out? What would you, what would you say to somebody or what would you, if you could even use me, if, if you want it as an example, although I've, I've done it all wrong and then I did it, did it really well. And now I'm again for the third time building a team, but what would you say to somebody who's listening to this and says, yeah, that's great. But like, I'm just not even close mm-hmm. to that yet. Where do they start? Where does someone like you fit into that picture? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like for me, my first hire in this business Um, And this is definitely, by the way, like, this is my fourth business. So like, I've done it all wrong so many times as well. Um, I'm hoping, hoping that I can get most of it right the first time around with this business, but also that's impractical. So um, the person who is, uh, who's hiring for the first time, my, my first hire um, in this business was the role that would actually help me like stay in again, more, be able to, to be free to do sales and marketing, which is my zone of genius. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when I hired, I actually hired my recruiter before I hired anything else. Um, for some people though, it might be your executive assistant. Maybe you're drowning in email and just having somebody, it it could even be like a, like a four hours a week virtual assistant, who's just going to sort your emails, make sure that she sends 
responses to the ones that she can respond to. She's just getting stuff off your plate. There is no, there's no one right hire, but the right hire is the one that helps you do your personal magic. And especially when we're in this messy middle stage, like that's, that's kind of what I think is like, man, just getting that person who helps you be more yourself, more what you are just brilliant at. That's what the world needs for, from you. The world doesn't need you living in your email inbox. Yes. I miss emails all the time because I just, that's not where life happens for me. That's not where genius happens for me. Right. Yeah. I love the question. And I heard this from Impact Mastermind I was, it's with Stu McLaren. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. brought it up was uh, asking yourself, is this the best use of your time? Like, is this the highest use of your time? Yeah. And that is like the most, uh, <laughs> it's the most convicting question ever because sometimes <laughs> it just is really fun to play in Canva or whatever else, but is this really truly oh, the highest use of your time, you know? And so yeah. I, I see that. So if there was um, one mindset shift that you see from your perspective that needs to happen for somebody to go from that messy middle to eventually having this beautiful team that helps them bring their mission into the world, what would that be? It's hard to say because people are going to be at different places, but I think if I had to like wrap it all up into one, one or two, whatever, you can do as many as you like. No, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But, but if I'm like really narrowing it down um, to me, I think that the, the principle um, rather than, you know, tactic strategy, the principle of trusting. So you have to, you have to make the, the right hire. That's for sure. So hire right because none of us can afford a wrong hire. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you have the right person, trust them and show them that you trust them because the more trust they have, the more they will perform for you. And the more you will be freed up to go do your thing much better. That's what it all comes down to is just show them that they're trusted, show them that they're safe, show them that they have the room to go and do beautiful things in your business. Because once you do, they, they want to do it. I love it. Oh, I love this. Okay. So Megan, um, if somebody's listening to this and saying, oh my God, Megan is brilliant. I need to work with her. Uh, <laughs> can you share a little bit about how they can contact you and the kinds of things that you could help them do? Yeah. So um, we have a website under construction. It's been under construction for far too long. So I'm just going to point you to I don't even have uh, a website, so we're cool. Yeah, <laughs> I have a I'm Google like, form right now. <laughs> well, right. It's like, there's nothing. It's like, so it's cool. We will be at uh, thequeenofops.com, but you know, that's someday. So maybe if we're listening to this in like 2022, we might have our shit together by then. Uh-huh. In the meantime, you can find me at, uh, just in Facebook, I'm Megan Keithen, last name K-U-E-T-H-E-N, or on Instagram at thequeenofops. Um, and we respond and do fancy, you know, nice conversations there. Um, otherwise, uh, and like, how can you help them? Yeah. Like what what, practically meant to say. So, um, the, where we, where we start with most of our people is with done for you hiring. So we partner with your team. We, we pretty much act as your internal hiring department and we take you through from, really building out what this person should look like all the way through to the point where they're onboarded and they're successful in your business. So that's, uh, that's really our specialty. 
Um, we do some op stuff, but that's not not enough. Uh, I, I'm not even supposed to talk about it anymore because I'm not supposed to do it because <laughs> the queen of ops I, I isn't supposed it. to talk about ops. <laughs> because it's like something that we can't leverage because it's only me but I'm like just put me in a room with the problems man yeah that's got to be the high ticket high touch VIP service it definitely is yeah oh I love that awesome so you guys can go and check out Megan's stuff there and I'll uh, put links in the show notes to all of this um Megan is there any I mean we've had this beautiful conversation I feel like I like I literally am like okay I want to talk about this and this this and I have to like keep it, keep it tight. But uh, is there any, anything else you want to leave us with or questions or things we didn't touch on that you wanted to uh, hit? No, but just wanted to say thank you so much. I, I'm like you, I could just geek out on this stuff forever. I love the idea of the messy middle and um, yeah, we all love the messy middle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love the idea of identifying, oh, I'm in the messy middle and here are just small, tiny, practical ways to get myself out, you know? Yes. So I love what you're doing. And um, thank you again for having me. Thank you for coming on and being my first conversational guest. It was great. And if you listening to this podcast found what Megan had to say really helpful or encouraging, I would love it if you would just go flood her Instagram DM box with sweet, kind messages and just get to know her, check her out. I know that she has so much to bring to the entrepreneur space. And especially if you're sitting there listening and say, man, I really need to get out of the messy middle. I need to hire a team, or maybe you've hired team members and it just has been a nightmare or more work than just doing it yourself. She can totally help with all of that. So definitely reach out to her. She's amazing. And with that, my friends, never, ever forget that we are brighter together and that the world needs us. So let's go out and let's make it brighter. Hey, real quick before you go, number one, if you thought this episode was helpful and you know somebody personally that would enjoy it, would you send them a link to it? That would be super awesome. But second, if you enjoyed it, I also have a private podcast just for my email subscribers that I think you would really love. Now, you can listen to it on the same podcast player, just like you are this current podcast, but it's only accessible through a unique link that I will send to you via email. Now, this is the behind the scenes look at what I'm doing in my business. It's literally my thoughts about my business casually as I'm thinking about it. So it's not after I've done a bunch of stuff and I've distilled it down to a couple of points and I'm sharing, you know, just the highlights with you. Like this is the stuff in the moment that's working, that's not. Um, I have an episode in there that's all about the problems with my offer. I have things that I've been thinking about in terms of messaging and just all sorts of stuff that's going through my brain as I'm growing this business. And I'd love to share it with you. So if you would like to listen, all you need to do is go to gettheprivatepodcast.com, enter your name and your email, and I will send it right over to you. You'll get an email with a link that is yours. You can't share it with other people. It won't work for them, but it will work for you. And I know that you are going to love it. You just got to click the link, follow the podcast on your favorite podcast player, and away you go. You'll be automatically updated when there's new episodes. So hope to see you on the private podcast. Again, that is gettheprivatepodcast.com. And have a great day. Thanks for listening.